I'm Lana McDermott with 4M Farms in Cameron, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are always glad to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, wheat harvest is nearly one-third complete here in Texas. But things have slowed down quite a bit because of all the rainfall we've received recently. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Grazing lands are coming back strong due to recent rains in the Texas High Plains, but for ranchers, there might be potential concerns related to the moisture. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. A Texas Panhandle congressman discusses his priorities for the upcoming Farm Bill. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments from U.S. Representative Ronnie Jackson just ahead on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Scattered rain showers continue over extreme South Texas. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Texas wheat harvest is nearly a third done, according to this week's Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report. It shows 29% of the wheat now harvested in Texas. That is a few points behind the five-year average pace. Of course, one big reason that harvest is getting a bit behind is the big rains we've had over the past couple of weeks. Rodney Schrock says that is definitely the case on his central Texas farm in Hill County. Well, the rains really prevented us from it's just now getting ripe and ready to go it's the humidity and we've had showers it showered again last night uh it's keeping us from really getting going good to be honest with you it's it's creating a slow start from the north to south end of our operation it's been real wet across all of it but the amounts have varied i just say it's significantly wetter than what we've seen the last few years Schrock says yields are all over the place in Hill County, and one big factor contributing to that has been the Hessian fly. I've had neighbors that literally, uh, the wheat was destroyed by a little bug called Hessian fly that was bailed and never will be harvested. And you can go down the road or a half a mile, and you can find this probably about as good a wheat as we've ever seen. So what's unusual about this wheat crop, I would say, is the variability because of Hessian fly has really created a devastating scenario in central Texas this year. McLennan County, I think, had it really bad. Hill County, not quite so much, but certain 
varieties seem to have been damaged by those flies. Uh, that insect much more than others. Tronk says the better wheat in Hill County is in the 60 to 70 bushel range. Registration is now open for the Texas A&M AgriLife's 9th Annual Texas Sheep and Goat Expo and Sheep and Goat Field Day. The events will take place August 18th and 19th in San Angelo. There's a $75 registration fee. For more information, just search 2023 Texas Sheep and Goat Expo. A former USDA animal inspector has been sentenced to nearly five years in federal prison and ordered to pay a $40,000 fine for accepting bribes from Mexican cattle brokers. Roberto Adams of Laredo pleaded guilty in April of 2022 to accepting over $40,000 in bribe payments from Mexican cattle brokers from March 2019 through 2021 while acting in his official position as a USDA employee. In return for that, he allowed cattle to enter the United States without proper quarantine or inspection. Grazing lands are coming back strong due to recent rains on the Texas High Plains. But James Hunt says there are potential concerns related to the moisture. One of the biggest bright spots of our recent rainfall is the greening up we're seeing on Texas High Plains grazing lands. Certainly welcome when you think of all the herd reduction that occurred in our area due to drought in the past year or two. But there are some potential concerns related to all the moisture. Veterinarian Tom Portillo of Amarillo says clostridial diseases such as tetanus, malignant edema, and blackleg could be an issue. These are actually organisms that are spore forming and they can live for months to years in the soil. And so whenever we get an event like this, they get kind of mixed up and churned around in the soil and they'll get released. And so there's more of a chance especially on grazing cattle, not that they're going to pick up disease, that they're, but they're going to pick up these organisms as they graze. Dr. Portillo, who chairs the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Cattle Health and Well-Being Committee, says ranchers do a good job vaccinating their animals, but it would be wise for them to visit with their veterinarians about the current increased risk. On another cattle note, when it comes to the flooding situation that hit feed yards in and around the Hereford area, Ben Weinheimer of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says a break from the rain in recent days has helped out in what he calls phase one of the recovery, things like mitigating floodwaters, removing cattle carcasses, and repairing roads. But Weinheimer says full recovery will take a little while more. Some pins need to be reconditioned and some fences repaired some feed alleys repaired, additional cleats in place, and that part of the phase two recovery, we would expect that to take a couple more weeks and then be able to really see things return to normal for sure by the time we get to the end of June. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The 2023 Farm Bill debate continues. Tom Nicoletti spoke with a Texas congressman recently for his input on how the bill can impact Texas farmers and ranchers. My guest is U.S. Representative Ronnie Jackson from Amarillo. He serves on the House Agriculture Committee. I caught up with him as he was hurriedly on his way to a committee meeting on Capitol Hill. Congressman Jackson outlines his priorities for the reauthorization of the Farm Bill. Deregulation, number one, uh, number one, reference prices, and uh, also just in general, uh, you know, looking at uh, emergency relief programs and things of that nature, making sure that we have something, a healthy farm safety net. 
What about the overregulations that farmers and ranchers are enduring as they try to make a living on their farms and ranches? Well, it's out of control right now. I mean, the, the Biden administration is the worst it's ever been We've, uh, with the SEC stuff, with uh, WOTUS, uh, with the lesser prairie chicken. Just, I mean, it's endless in, in the stuff that's coming out from a regulatory standpoint. And it adds a lot of uh, financial burden to farmers and ranchers that already have record input costs with uh, fuel, fertilizer, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and, and seed and things of that nature. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big problem. The congressman also responded to the question of electric vehicles and how they would impact people in his 13th congressional district in the Texas panhandle. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, people in my district can't afford to buy electric vehicles right now. They're insanely expensive. There's no place for them to charge them. They don't have the distance and the endurance that they need to do their jobs. Not only that, but farmers and ranchers don't just have one vehicle. They have all kinds of vehicles and trucks and things that they use on the farm. And so it's unreasonable for them to go back and replace their entire fleet that's necessary to do their job with electric vehicles right now. It's, it's, it's not feasible in my district. That is Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson, who is a member of the U.S. House Agriculture Committee. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Scattered rain showers continue over extreme South Texas. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. A number of scattered rain showers have continued over extreme South Texas. The cotton, corn, and milo continue to look great. Dry land and irrigated well, they look about the same. The harvest of vegetables and citrus, well, that continues, but it has really been hit or miss with all the recent rain showers. Falcon Reservoir is at 22.3% full now, and that's up almost 10% from a month ago. Amistad, about 4% higher than it was over the same time period. So the reservoir situations have really enjoyed this good rain. Our 2023 hurricane season, well, if the outlook is out now, we start June 1st, of course. 12 to 17 named storms, 5 to 9 hurricanes, and maybe 1 to 4 major hurricanes are expected for this tropical season. The range country continues to look awful good with all the rain. What we need now, though, is some drying out period so that everyone can get in and do more harvesting. This is Jim Hearn in the Rear Grand Valley. If you are interested in an extended deer hunting season and more liberal bag limits, time is running out to sign up for the Managed Lands Deer Program. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And it's time to check for ergot in the seed heads of grasses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? I just want to stay informed while I'm on the go. News on the radio, it's nice because it's just a quick snippet and I don't have to go searching for it or grab a paper. I listen to radio because anywhere that I'm going, I'm listening to music or I'm listening to a talk show or I'm just trying to stay up on current events. I always turn into the radio to see if I need to take shelter or where it's hitting to see what I need to be preparing for. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. It's time to check for ergot in the seed heads of grasses. Dr. Bob Judd tells exactly what ergot is. An ergot is produced by toxic fungus 
that can cause severe illness, especially in cattle and horses. One early sign is yellow syrup drops called honeydew in flowering seed heads. Honeydew hardens and turns into dark ergot bodies, which look like mouse droppings and are up to 10 times the size of the grain. The fungus grows in cereal crops and grasses, but does not infect corn. Ergot poisoning can cause multiple problems in livestock, including lameness, hair loss, and redness around the coronary bands, losing tail hair, heat stress, rapid breathing and panting, staggering, and occasional seizures. The most common symptoms occur during the spring and summer, including sloughing of the hooves and tail. Ergotism is a disease with an interesting history, as it was first reported in the 8th century as it affected humans eating rye with the fungus present, which led to sloughing of the feet. Some believe ergotism was the cause of the symptoms in humans that led to the Salem witch trials in the late 1600s in Salem, Massachusetts. As the people developed convulsions and instead of witchcraft, the people could have been infected with ergot by eating infected rye. This has not been proven, but just another part of the history of this disease. The disease is rare in humans these days, but does occur in livestock if the forage producers do not cut hay before ergot bodies develop. The later you cut the hay, the greater the chance ergot will form in the plant. Roberts does say that the toxicity of hay with ergot may be cut in half by the time you feed it, and some ergot may fall off during the cutting and baling process. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Time is running out to sign up for the Texas Managed Lands Deer Program. Jessica Dole has the details in today's wildlife report. Texas landowners are running out of time to sign up for the program that gives them an extended deer hunting season and more liberal bag limits. The enrollment period for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Managed Lands Deer Program Conservation Option closes on June 15th. MLD is designed to foster and support sound management and stewardship of native wildlife and their habitats on private lands in Texas. Under the conservation option, participants have the opportunity to work with a TPWD biologist to receive customized ranch-specific habitat and deer harvest recommendations and MLD tags for whitetail or mule deer. Alan Kane, TPWD's Whitetail Deer Program leader, says the conservation option does require some work from the landowner. It does require a wildlife management plan. Like I said, we're going to provide specific habitat management recommendations to help you meet your deer harvest goals, your deer management goals, your wildlife and habitat management goals on the property. And then once you're in, you have to conduct some sort of annual deer population data and provide that to our staff because that's what we're going to use to make the harvest recommendations. Like the harvest option, you need to report at the end of the season your number of bucks and does harvested, and you've got to report the three habitat management practices that are required to be conducted once you're enrolled in the program. Conservation ops is definitely more in-depth, but you get a lot more flexibility in terms of generally tag issuance and in the ability to harvest bucks early in October. Again, the deadline to apply for the MLD conservation option is June 15th. You can apply on the TPWD website. There, simply search MLD. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market had a good start higher on Wednesday, but turned lower on the close. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
Why do you listen? I typically listen here at work from my desk on my way to work in the morning. When we wake up, it goes on the radio. I can hear a song and be instantly transported back to a time in my life that I enjoy remembering. I think that's what I like listening to radio for is just to stay informed on whether it's news, sports, new music, anything. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a big turnaround in the cattle futures market on Wednesday. Now, we started out higher, set a new record high, traded as high as 182.87 on the June contract. But around midday, commercial selling came into the market and prices took a big drop. We finished sharply lower with June live cattle down 82 cents, 179 even. The August dropped 230, 173.20. October live cattle dropped 262 to close at 175.62. Feeder cattle got hit very hard. August feeders dropping 415, 239.10. September feeders down 425, 242.27. The October contract down 427 at 244.50. Cash trade this week. We've seen things pick up here in the Southern Plains. We've seen sales as high as 183 so far this week. Up north, still that big $9 gap. They've sold cattle on live basis as high as 192. Dressed cattle in the north selling for mostly $300 a hundred this week. Boxed beef was higher Wednesday. Choice up 237 at 323.77. Select broke the $300 mark. It was up $1.29 at $300.73. Now for a look at the auction barns, we're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My guest, Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock, Three Rivers. Riley, how was your Monday sale? I went real well, Larry. Uh, market uh, still gaining steam. Um, you know, we've had some good quality calves today. and Oh, I, you know, 5 to 10, probably 12 cents higher in spots, uh, especially on the lightweight calves. Uh, but uh, just a really good sale all the way through. Uh, ended up with 1,244 heads a day. Uh, did have a handful of pairs from 1225 up to 1850. The bread cows from 1050 up to 1750. Packer cows uh, held steady uh, this week, uh, but for the last couple of weeks, actually 104 to 110. On your high yielding cows, 96 to dollar six on your breakers, 72 to 90 on your canners. The Packer bulls, 116 to 124 on your high yielding bulls, a dollar to dollar sixteen on your low to medium yielding bulls. Uh, lots of activity on the lightweight cattle, like we talked. Uh, the two to three weight choice steers, 270 to 292. Heifer mates, 246 to 284. Three to four weight choice steers, 280 up to $3. Heifer mates, 228 to 266. Four to five weight choice steers, 252 to 290. Heifer mates, 228 to 256. Five to six weight choice steers, 232 to 264. Heifer mates, 214 to 238. Uh, six to seven weight choice steers, 210 to 238. Heifer mates, 186 to 206. And <clears throat> the seven to eight weight calorie choice steers, 192 to 216. And the heifer mates, 172 to 192. So uh, got along real well today. Uh, you know, just lots of lots of activity, lots of demand. Um, cattle were good, so uh, had a good Monday. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week. 361-813-6650 is a cell. 361-786-2553 is the office. Liveoaklivestock.com is the web. Riley, thank you so much. Thank you, Larry.
Bye-bye. And neighbor, thank you, too, for listening to my program, Walking the Pens, here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I love putting it together for you. And you're listening right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs were lower Wednesday. June hogs dropped 60 cents, 87.70. July down a buck 40, 86.92. Class 3 milk was higher. June milk up a penny, 15.25, 100 weight, with July milk up 30 cents, 16.59, 100. Cotton market finished mixed. Traders still waiting on Thursday morning's export sales report as well as the USDA supply and demand report coming on Friday. July cotton down 33 points, 85.01. The October up 40, 83.62. December cotton down 55 points at 81.23 cents. Corn market lower on a better-looking weather forecast for the dry conditions in the Midwest. July corn down three and three quarters, six oh four and a quarter. September corn down nine and a half, five twenty-five a bushel. December corn down ten and a quarter at five thirty and three quarters. Wheat market got hit hard on Wednesday. A lot of it having to do with the world wheat market. Right now, Russia seems to be taking a very aggressive stance on the world market. They are undercutting wheat prices with everyone in the world right now. No one can compete with the prices they're offering, and that caused our market to take a bit of a drop. July Kansas City wheat down 32 and a quarter, 788 a bushel. July Chicago wheat down 11 at 616 and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas up 7 cents, 233. June West Texas crude up 75 at 72.49 a barrel. The financial markets mixed Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 102 points, 33,675. The NASDAQ down 156, 13,116. The S&P down 14 at 4,269. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.